All right, Mike. So you and I have been friends for a little bit over a decade now. I don't about, feel like we've about. we've ever had like a, a real heart to heart conversation, and and that's what I'm doing with this podcast. Like I, I want to be able to talk to people and get to know them a little bit better. Right. Um. And you know, I I can relate a lot to, or I like talking a lot about comics, movies, anything that really has to do with pop culture or what people refer to as pop culture right now. Got um, it. But uh. You know, like, Mike, what do you do? First of all, what can you introduce yourself to, to everyone? Uh, my name is Michael, last name Marquez, student at Northridge. I'm a writer. Are you? Not published, but... You're, you're aspiring to, be, to become I'm a writer? I'm an aspiring writer. Okay. Poet. You, you and I have gotten together and we've written down some stuff before. We have. We have screenplays. Yeah, screenplays. We've it, done it, little, like, uh, little workshops here and there. Mm-hmm. They're pretty fun. Yeah, they are a good time. You know what's really interesting about those when we get together is... What's that? It's, uh, it's more... Um, well, anybody will tell you that whenever it is that they're writing, or at least I feel, you draw influences from your own life, and right, you can either course. make that uh, like make that into a direct translation from whatever it is that you experience onto the page, or you could you could take little elements and then put it into like a fantasy or whatever, you know? Right. Um, but it just when you and I get together and and we write it. It really just reminds me of a lot of the stuff that our group of friends have been through, the things that we've experienced, and things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, how, how do you how do you think your your personal experiences have influenced your your writing style, and and um, and what what inspires you the most when when you're writing? Uh, I think I have to come from the way I was raised growing up, you know. Growing up Hispanic, Chicano, mm-hmm. so you have like a dualistic identity where although you grew up, you know, being an American, you still have these like traditional values that are put on you from like your parents, your grandparents, family. So it's like mm-hmm. these two cultures clash and you take a little bit of both and you form something that's unique to you. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't even write the way that I do now for many years is because I always aspired to be more traditionally American or traditionally European writing because, you know, that's that's what you're taught. That's what you're allowed to believe is, I guess... Acceptable or... Not, not necessarily acceptable, but that's just, like, the, the standard, mm-hmm. so to speak. Right. And it wasn't really until, like, maybe three years ago, four years ago that I st- kind of started writing more about my personal experiences and what I grew up with and what was comfortable with me and I started figuring out my own voice because before then I liked what I wrote but I never loved it and it was only until I started writing stuff that was near and dear to my heart stuff like you know writing about childhood experiences in Mexico or you know being associated with right and the culture so do you feel like before you were more you were more hesitant to to go ahead and and write about things like that about personal experiences is it like was you know what it, it was if we're being perfectly honest i wasn't hesitant i was reticent because i i wanted just to be seen as a writer and not necessarily a chicano writer or a writer a mexican-american writer you didn't want your race or your your yeah. culture to be and it wasn't because i was ashamed of it yeah, yeah. it had nothing to be ashamed but it's just 
I was just so so dead set on just being seen as a writer that wrote about many other things besides my own. And I don't know where it came from, but it probably just comes from, you know, you're being taught that, like, this is a way of writing that's acceptable and it's, like, canonized, published, and whatever. And, you know, you're not really ever given avenues of how to write a certain way until right. you take it upon yourself and you take courses, like, in uh, Latin literature Chicano literature, Mesoamerican literature. You're given the tools, but you're not given the... I mean, you're given the pathway, Yeah, but it's not illuminated as much as the other ones are. Well, is there is there a direct pathway, or is it just like a, any... I don't want to say any other career, but anything that is, I feel, artistic. Like, there, there are certain paths, but there is no direct path to being... Um, it's, it's all on you. It's yeah. all you just uh, being curious and just taking it down that path. Right. I mean, that's really what it comes with. And then and what is it that you hope to achieve, like, with your writing? I think now, in fact, I, could, I, could, I know the date. It was about three years ago. I was in a poetry class. And uh, I forgot what the assignment was, but it was just to write a long narrative first poem. And it was the first time I wrote about just a random memory I had when I was in Mexico. Mm-hmm. It had something to do with me and my dad and my grandfather's ranch. And him just grabbing a machete and just taking me out to the wild and just showing me how to, like, harvest agave, cactus, random vegetation. Yeah. And on the way back, you know, I just came across a rattlesnake and it was the first time, you know, as a way to, like, defend ourselves, he just decapitated because he said it slithered right to me. Yeah. And I just remember him just whacking it. And I just took that, wrote about that, wrote about it in Spanish without trying to be outdoor exploring, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Providing translations. And that was the first poem I wrote that I thought, this felt comfortable. Like, I didn't feel like I had a f- it wasn't forced. Hmm. It just came naturally. And ever since then, I mean, I just, I let go of trying to write, like, in a European fashion or American fashion. Or, like, strictly American, like... Or, like, you... Like, Emerson or did- Thoreau or... Did you feel Wait, like you you are no longer trying to write to appease others or like an audience to like uh, how, how do I explain? You're no longer trying to make your writing conform to what is, yeah, so like is the, seen acceptable or what people will go ahead yeah, and correct. read. You're, you're over here just so trying to create the, your own, you know, your own narrative, your own voice, and then hopefully that like there are going to be other people that are going to end up gravitating towards that because everybody has a message to send in, you know, yeah. there are going to be people that are going to be able to relate to some of the things that you write about wherever yeah. they are in the world. Um, yeah. N- now I'm definitely more, I would say in touch with who I am as opposed to trying to conform or like, you know, morph into what is expected of most English writers to just become the next, I don't know, Thoreau, the next. And then like, do do you, what would be like prime time achievement for you? I don't know why I said prime time, but like prime time, like what would be a prime time achievement? Like you're like, like this is it. Like this is your Mount Everest without actually having to climb Mount Everest because I've seen you do outdoors activities and and it doesn't work. So uh, what would be that, 
uh, your Academy Award to set, or maybe it could be an Academy Award. Would you like want to set a goal for yourself of like writing an amazing screenplay and being recognized for that, or are you like looking to like write a graphic novel, something that'll really captivate people? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't like think I don't think book. it's just one achievement. I think it's like a, a lot of little achievements. Mm-hmm. And it could just be as simple as like first getting published at any small publication, whether it be a magazine or a literary journal or a, a school newspaper or whatever like that. Right. Have I you mean, been published before in like in just, any of just those for like PCC, Pasadena okay. City College? I started there. It was like a little booklet that they hand out at the end of the year of just student writers. That was cool. But I, that was like one poem that I liked, but I never loved. Because, you know, I was trying to write. How... It was past Michael Marquez, not present Michael Marquez. Yeah. And it was a Michael Marquez that was still trying to write like a generic American yeah. poet, writer. Which there's nothing wrong, of course, but it just, it wasn't me. It, it wasn't your It voice. was me trying to conform to something that exactly. wasn't me. Yeah. And, you know, it's not to say that like a lot of my favorite poets and writers are not American. I mean, of course they are. I've studied them many yeah. times. But they're just—it's not—it's not how I was brought up, and if they're comfortable right about how they were brought up and their experiences, why why shouldn't I? So that's what I've done now, moving forward. I just—and what fuels your creativity? Like what what really gets your mind going? Uh, you know, just—it really is just curiosity. It's mm-hmm. more of like a what if moment. Okay. Like you just—the way I've seen it is that you take experiences that you've had, and I guess maybe this has to do with me working as a projectionist when I was younger, like you just have the mentality of taking two ideas and then just splicing them together. So oh, what pro- I've done is projection- like, like at a movie theater. Yeah, yeah like yeah. projectionist. Yeah. So what I've done is usually they just like taking moments of my life and then stopping at a certain point and just as what if instead of this, it happened like this. Mm-hmm. So one story that I've always, I've, I've been writing for like a while. It's like a, probably going to hopefully be a mini novel or just at least a really good long short story it's just uh there was a point where me and my brother we were walking home from catechism school and it was dark and we didn't want to wait for our parents Mm -hmm. so we decided to walk home and as we were walking home you know the in pcc the alleyway that where starbucks is or starbucks was they say but you know those little like restaurants along the way yeah yeah before that it was like run down and decrepit and the alley behind that was even worse like it just looked mm-hmm. slummy and remember those prostitution going on and drug old pasadena yeah, before dealing, before so all whatever. the new nice stuff that people like to so, see today yeah before it was cleaned up and uh gentrified mm-hmm. um me and my brother would take that alleyway because it was a shortcut home you'd have to wait for like lights or whatever we just walked right. through and uh i remember midway through that alley we noticed there was like a weird old man i still remember his face it was like peppered hair thick mustache very heavy set and he was just following us like we just felt it instinctively like it wasn't even like it was a passerby we mm-hmm. just knew he was like gunning for us yeah and it was me and richie my brother and i was like i want to say 11 he was 10 probably younger than that and i remember me and my brother just gave each other a look and maybe because we have like we've been very close we just knew like what we were gonna do mm-hmm. and we were gonna make a run for it how old were you guys yeah, 10 and 11. Oh, you said 10 and 11. That's yeah, so bad. I was 10. I'm sorry, I, I was 11, he was 10. Richie's only a year younger than you? Uh, Yeah, like a year and some months. Okay. Not too young. I don't know why he, I thought he was like a few years younger. No. 
And um, I remember, like, as we were walking home, me and Richie just noticing his pace was quickening. And um, I don't know why, we just decided to run, and we felt him chasing us. Like, we just felt him, like, quickening up his pace, that it went from, like, a, a fast trot to like a jog to like a run like we, mm-hmm. we heard him we never saw him but we heard him yeah yeah because we heard like you know whatever and i remember just splitting up and because you know me and richie we never really take anything seriously like even though there was like immediate danger we thought it was funny that someone was chasing us yeah so we ran oh we started like trotting faster and we fell in the quick no space and then literally like five feet away from us we just sprinted and we felt him going after us for some weird reason and me and Rich just gave each other a look and we thought it was funny that we just split up and went different ways because we know that area pretty well so we knew we were going to meet up and we just split up and I remember him just looking at Richie and looking at me and he decided to like go after Richie but Richie was like really quick he was like a skinny little short kid who was just yeah yeah like a mouse mm-hmm. and we were running we were just laughing and then we just meet up at our house and we just thought like what a weirdo right mm-hmm. like no no concept or like context of what just happened and we, we when we talk about it to this day it was like it's just so weird that we thought it was like a funny thing when that guy was like probably actively trying to like yeah yeah i don't know who knows what he was trying to do right so that that's where i take a story and i'll just go from there and say like what if like tragically he caught up to richie and something happened mm-hmm. or what if he caught up to me and something else happened and i just you know you let your imagination run with that i take parts that are non-fiction and just well, add a lot of fiction to it r- really quick that, that was a great story but i also want to add that i feel like that is the most times that i've ever heard somebody actively use the word trotting oh <laughs> like vocally like we're I've horses right it. yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I i find that amazing that within itself made the story 10 times better for yeah me. but um so something okay. like that right i'll just take like weird moments in my life where i don't know it was like it's like a benign moment like nothing happened but something could have happened and right and i just see like what if it did happen and this might have happened and this might and this is like a long line of this like that's all it really is honestly a that's why i think that what if writing is just what ifs and then you just entertain these thoughts in your head and you just run with them and what, I, well all right so as somebody that that does write what, what do you do when you get writer's block because i know that that's you know like a common thing do you just because uh, i remember james gunn has yeah. uh, i've heard or i read it somewhere james gunn director of guardians of the galaxy and well, he's mostly known for Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. He's done other projects too, uh, but he he has gone on to say that he writes down everything. So that writer's block is usually something in which it's not that you can't write any further. It it's comes more, from the ego. It, it's more like your ideas aren't where you want them to be. So what he does is yeah. he just writes all the ideas that he doesn't want because those are the only ones that are coming to him to get them yeah, yeah. out of the way. And then other new so, ideas will come through. Same concept, too. I, I was also of the same mind that, you know, people develop writer's blog. But I've come to understand that it really is just like an ego thing. It's just that you want to, you want everything to come out of you to be gold. Or like to be at a really high standard that satiates your writing ability. Right. But that's just not the case. Like no one, no one's coming in with like amazing ideas all the time it just doesn't happen like you just some things come easy some things come hard and so with writer's block what i've always told people even when it comes to like writing an essay for like a class like just don't worry too much about getting it right like they'll come right just kind of like vomit just like let it all out clean it up and then 
you'll find nuggets of gold right. here and there, right? Do you feel like your ego nah, still man. continues to get in the way, or? Nah. Honestly, it's a hindrance, so, like, I, I know everything I'm not going to write. Another thing, too, you have to accept, just, like, is, I have to say, is, like, first drafts are going to be shit, no matter who you are. Yeah. You just got to, like, work through them. And, anybody, and that's the only any, way that you're going to get yeah, better. That, and also anybody who, who thinks they could just write it in one take doesn't take the craft seriously and doesn't take themselves seriously because they're not, they're not going to take the time to, like, get their thoughts right. And that's the... Uh, that's like the beauty and also like the discipline that comes with writing because it's something that you are given a chance to get your thoughts you know as accurate as you want them to represent what you're trying to say you just have to put in the time and most people don't put in the time most people just want to get it in one take and that's it so with people who tell me that they have writer's block i just tell them it's because you, you you wanted to get it right but you just have to let yourself go and just like like gun, same same idea, but not quite for me. Mm -hmm. Of just writing all your bad ideas out and then just waiting until something comes out. Right. That's uh, interesting. But for me, it's just like I mean, everything, even if it doesn't seem good at the time, could be good for something else. So like you could just write everything down, especially now because you know everybody has a laptop or whatever. Like it's perfect. You could just open up a word. Sit th sit there and just type. Type. Have just like. Let it go. You can have like 30 pages of just nonsense and just find three lines that just make your imagination just spark into 300 pages. And that's all it really is. It's, all, it's just taking the time to like finding something inside you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's all writing is. It's well, just yeah, a lot I mean, of work. I mean, it's like the same thing with me wanting to start this podcast. Like for the yeah. longest time, I've I've talked about doing it. I've talked about getting it out there but i feel like every single time you and i have had practice recordings before yeah. um for for another project that that's going to be coming out soon hopefully the yes. the mike and martin show podcast podcast we gotta let people know it's a podcast not a show well i mean it they, yeah. it can be called the it, mike it, and martin it be, show it becomes a podcast. show when we have a youtube channel attached to it because then we can show our faces i mean we're we're very ambitious with the ideas that we have i will say that it's just the execution that we need to work on a little bit but with that being said I've always felt like this, um, yeah, like this whole, it, it is my ego. My ego gets in the way a thousand, yeah, a thousand percent. Like I just can't seem to let it go because I feel like if I'm going to record something or if I'm going to release it, it needs to be perfect. Yeah. But I'm, I'm slowly but surely going to start letting go of that. And this episode will probably be good. Like the I hope first it is because uh, you're not, not going to get anything right. Yeah, the first head around, dude. Like you just look at all the people that you aspire to be. I mean, they're Joe. They're, Joe Rogan wasn't Joe, perfect. Joe Rogan. I mean, like the mountains that they stand on are built upon millions and millions of mistakes, and you have to accept that. And that, and I think it it all goes back to. Um, uh, it, it could also be in uh, relation to when somebody says. Um, when you see them post up on like Instagram or something, you know, right. and then like people are always insecure when they see people like so certain things on social media because it makes yeah. you kind of feel like, oh, this person is this much ahead of me. We were in the same class, you know, like yeah. if we're talking in that sense, like we went to the same high school, took the same classes, had the same grades, had the same yeah. friends, but this person is what I feel like five years ahead of me, right? Because they're posting all this stuff on social media or whatever. And then it comes down to people love to post um, their uh, 
their how achievements, do I say? their achievements, or um, or their highlight reels, but right. they don't want to post the B roll, like right. the bloopers, the, the, the low thing, lights, yeah, yeah, everything that's going on in the background because to them it doesn't, it it, it ruins the brand. Exactly, it ruins the brand, and yeah, um, and that's that's something that I for sure have been trying to get over for a really yeah. long time. And then also too, man, like especially because because I've accepted that. Yeah, I think that's the right word. Accept that I want to be a writer, and I you have to accept that some people are gonna peak faster than you, but then you might have a slow grind and you might get to the top at your own pace, and that's all right, man. And then once you're at that point, you're just gonna end up killing it and just continue to kill it. Um, Everything happens when it's supposed to happen for the most part. It always does. Yeah, it always does. You just gotta keep. Just keep your head down and keep grinding through, man. Yeah. And that's all it is. Just stay humble. Nah, I don't want to stay humble. I do, man. Honestly. Nah, man. Once I make it big, I'm leaving this place behind. When somebody mentions in interviews for me, it's just like, oh, what did you feel like growing up in Pasadena? But I didn't grow up in that slump. <laughs> it's like, who? Where? What city? I'm from Beverly Hills. I'm from Calabasas. <laughs> they have a parade, right? Yeah. Every now it's and like then? T-Spots. I've never heard of that place. Ever. Sip. Sip, yeah. Um... Nah, yeah, man, staying humble is, is one of the, the biggest things. Yeah. And, um, and besides, you know, everything on social media these days is just mostly embellishment. So, why let it bug you anyways? I, I think it's one of those things that when I sit down to think about it, it doesn't bug me as much. But in that initial kind of process, it does. It, it's one of those, why am I not there yet? Yeah. What is it going to take for me to get there? But, yeah. Uh, but I feel like that happens with a lot of people. Even if it's... Some people, it affects them a lot longer than others. It's just one of those things where it's like you have to kind of brush it off and, and keep going. Because by the end of the day, you don't know exactly what that other person is going through. Right. You may think that they have it better than you. And from a, a social standpoint, they might. But in the background, they might have it ten times worse than what you do. So you gotta yeah. like I, I feel like people need to be able to count their blessings and and um and go out there and, and get what it is that they want to get instead of just looking at other people who have what they want. You know? Yeah. And in the process of trying to build what it is that you want, you might end up discovering that what you thought you wanted is the complete opposite of what it is that you really want by the end of the day. Well that that is definitely the case. I mean I I came into college trying to be a journalist. And I didn't work out. I didn't like it. I didn't like the lifestyle. I didn't like the grind of it. Some people did, but to me, I found it to be very lonely. Like, as very, you know, private as I as private as I am and can be, mm-hmm. even that to me was just too much of an extreme just to, like, become an island. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Uh, no, that, that, that's fair, man. Yeah. Well, uh, and uh, back to your thing about the whole thing with about accomplishments, I mean... I always thought it was a weird question just because I think it's a distraction if you just go into it trying to win certain awards. I mean, I, I guess it's okay, but it's just there's no real merit when it comes to art. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like it's not like running track where the fastest person is the fastest person. Like, it's first, second, third. That's first, second, third. Like, with, with art, I mean, it has so many... So many more variables to do. Like maybe what? What are? Where's the culture at? Where's the 
thought at, at that time. Maybe that's what wins the award for that certain genre or that certain, what is it, like, or a, a, category. Yeah, a certain category. Or, or it could even be something as simple as, you know, it, it now me thinking about it, it doesn't necessarily have to be an award. It could just end up being having something published. Like, that on its own is an achievement in itself because yeah. there are so many people that will write for so long but then they don't end up getting anything published or even screenwriters you have so many i can guarantee you that there are thousands maybe tens of thousands of scripts that are just sitting in hollywood just roaming around all over the place that are never going to be made right and then but being one of those screenwriters that does end up getting their their film made those characters that they've like put their heart and soul into especially when it's like an indie film or something with a a lot of like uh, that has to do with uh, a lot of personal experience yeah. to see though that transition that in itself could end up being a bigger reward than you know winning an academy award because that for yourself that's an accomplishment that's a uh, i mean like just taking the academy award for a second when you look at the, the category for best picture i mean regardless of wins those are still five great movies at yeah. the end of the day right like it doesn't say any, anything away from them and like for me I'm not too worried about it. Or I guess I'm kind of I'm comfortable with my ability as where I am right now. All it just takes is me just continuously grinding and sending out sending out myself and hoping it gets published. Cause this might sound very hmm, I don't want to say cocky. Make, I want to say com- just be cocky. Not cocky or arrogant or overconfident. It might be. But it, it does make me feel good when I've taken creative writing courses. Creative writing courses. And you realize that there are a lot of writers out there that really think of themselves as like the next great thing. But it really is just their mouth writing checks that their work cannot cash. And... I found I've I've come to find that it's honestly the 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 really quiet people in class, the ones that sit in the corner, that write the best stuff out there. Because they live more in their head, more than people live with their mouth. And I don't know. I I guess from that, it's not made me feel like I'm better than them, but it just made me feel like you know, like I'm not worried about them. I'm not worried about the loud mouth. Like that's all they have. They need to sell that part because the other part can't su- supplement. So. Yeah. The people that talk can't necessarily walk. Yeah. And usually they can't, dude. They're more about being right instead of getting right. That's what I tell people. That's like the model that I live by. Too many people are concerned with being like the the main person instead of like trying to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Right. That's why I like writing alone. It's very satisfying. But I think it's also it's more satisfying to me when you work as a collective, especially on a script. And I hate group work. I really do. I just say I hate group projects. But I think it's because I hate being forced to be in a group. I don't mind getting along with people who are like alike-minded and we're all trying to reach this one centered goal. So I don't even know why I got here. I think you asked a question and I just spilled out a bunch of thoughts I've been having. 
And that's fine, man. I mean, that that's yeah. what this is all about. Um, unfortunately, it does look like we're getting to the end of our recording time, not because I don't want to hear you talk anymore, but mostly because we are running uh, out of time at the moment. But um, uh, I want to thank you for being the first yeah, guest man, on the Late Bloomer podcast, and I hope to have you back soon because, uh, well, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, Mike, you, you and I have been friends for a really long time, and you met me before... Before you I were Martin. me. Yeah, before I was me. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, dude. You, you know me so well that, well, you guys, well, you and our friend group, or core friend group, call me Martin. You guys call me by my middle name instead of by my first name. And, and there's like a whole story behind that, which which I, I'd like to share one day. I know. Uh, I think it's crazy that it took us like, at least me, five years before I realized, who the fuck is Juan? Yeah. And why do they keep calling you Juan? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I've, I've been living a double life. And I know. I should be calling you Martin. Yeah. Don't do that. Let's not. Hard thing. But uh, again, I, I want to thank you, Mike. Yeah, of course, for, man. For this was fun. Coming on, and and I hope to to be having you on again soon. Of course. All right. Thank you.